You're listening to Novel Bound, a podcast dedicated to making you laugh and keeping you company. Each week, we're sharing all of our favorite books and the embarrassing side of life. Welcome back to Novel Bound. I'm Anna. And I'm Celine. And today, I'm so excited, we're talking about old books that people sleep on. Oh, this is going to be an episode to remember. Remember. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm so excited. I'm so excited because these are, like, the books that, like, I really wish that... Because I feel like I'll have these conversations with people and I'll be like, oh my gosh, you love to read? They're like, yes, I love to read. And then they'll be like, I'll be like, well, have you read this? And they're like, no. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I can't... Okay, that's fine. And it's just, like, <laughs> with old books, like, I just feel like there's so much good stuff that, like, you can't... That, like, you there have, and there's, there's so many inside jokes, and there's memes, mm-hmm. and videos, and movies from, like, 1938, and it's, like, beautiful, it's but no great. one's there. No one's showing yes. up for it. Well, I feel like they get a lot of slack because some of these books you're, like, forced to read in school, mm-hmm. and just that in and of itself gives it, like, a bad rep. People are like, oh, no, thanks. But some of these are, like, freaking perfect. Like, absolutely yes. perfect. But before we get to that... Do we want to talk about what we want, what our cold open is today? Yes. So, Christmas traditions, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, we were going to do something else at first, and then we, like, last minute switched, so my brain is just taking a second to catch up to me. Sorry, y'all. Anna just, Anna just, like, looked at me like I was, like, had three heads. She was just like, I know, what? I was like, uh... what are we talking about? What? Yes. <laughs> Okay, sorry for that pause. No, we're going to talk about Christmas traditions because this episode is going to come out right before Christmas, and we wanted to, like, share some of ours with you, and you guys can share some of yours with us. Like, we want to, like, you know, we want to see pictures, we want to see the Breath way you guys Christmas are Christmas joy. Yeah, so take it. Take this Christmas joy right now. <laughs> take it. Okay, so what are your Christmas traditions? So, when I was younger, our traditions were pretty typical, I think. We just did the like Christmas Eve present Mm -hmm. so my mom would always give us one present to open on Christmas Eve that was like Mm -hmm. little and cheap and but also another tradition we had which I loved is my mom would always get two trees and she'd always get one tree and it was the one that went in our piano room that had the big window and she was like no one's allowed to touch this don't breathe on it you will not help me decorate she's very like my mom is so good at decorating so she would decorate this tree and be like I'm doing it by myself. Please don't help me. You're going to ruin it if you touch the street. Yeah. <laughs> and it was always real. It was all, it always felt so good. So then we had, we called it a kid's tree that we put in our living room that mm. just had, you know, all the old ornaments when you made when you're in preschool. And yeah. so she was like, that is your tree. So every year, all of my siblings, we'd get together and we'd put up the kid's tree and decorate it. And I have like very it. fond memories of doing it. But when I married, what? I said you guys are a two-tree house. <laughs> we are. We we are a two-tree house. And I'm like, <laughs> you should see my mother-in-law because, okay, I'll say this first. So marrying my husband, their traditions are they do the Christmas jammies, which I love. I'm obsessed with. It's I look forward to it every year. But also my mother-in-law is like the queen of decorating. I think this year oh. she has, I got to count, she's got one, two, three, four. She might have five trees. <laughs> She's oh into it, and I totally support it. I love it. They're all different three. themed. <laughs> I love it. You can never have too much Christmas, like, anything, so I'm here for oh, it. Oh, I know. They're so cute, and I wanted Adelaide to have a little tree in her room that oh, she could just, so like, cute. look at at night. Like, that was just so important to me. I was like, you got this. Oh, I'm so extra. I'm so pumped. Like. Yes, let's hear it. Okay, so one of the things that my family did, um, my, my family does every Christmas Eve, which I think is, like, the funniest, because, like, all of our traditions, like, sprang out of, like, we had no time. My mother had, like, so she had me, my sister, and my brother in, like, a spread of eight years, and then she had Jay and Jossie, my youngest siblings, in, like, ten minutes between each other, oh, like, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. They're not twins, but it feels like it. And so, like, there was a period <laughs> of my life where, like, my mom had, like, three children under the age of four, and she just, like, didn't give a dang because she couldn't. Everything was yeah. messy. All Like, they were, yep. they were going to, like, kill her. Like, there were so many. So there, like, some <laughs> of my favorite traditions are the ones where my mom's like, you know what? 
we're just going to do our best today. And they're like my favorite traditions. And so every that. Christmas Eve, we go to Taco Bell or we go like, get tacos from the drive-thru. Wow. <laughs> like, that's everyone, awesome. Like, everyone like sits down and like has like a nice ham. And like my family, we are like ordering $50 worth of tacos and we like <laughs> get like everything we need. And it's so funny because like my mom has tried to like be like, let's do something different or like, let's go somewhere nice. And I'm like, no, we are getting tacos every year. Like it's, she's now <laughs> it's forced to like now. uphold this tradition where we go ghetto and get like <laughs> these like freaking, and by the time we get home, they're all soggy and nasty, but we don't care because it's tradition. But you eat them anyway. Yep. Yeah. I love that. That's so funny. Yeah. We do that. And then we go to Red Robin on, um, New Year's Eve. Red Robin sponsor us. Anyways, um, (laughs) (laughs) but like we, yeah, so like the Taco Bell on Christmas Eve is like a big one. And then we also do, we do like the present thing too, but, um, I'll tell you what my tradition with Adelaide is going to be because I only have one child and I have a lot of free time to like think about this. So my, my thing is I want to, I bought on Black Friday, like, a bunch of Christmas movies, so, like, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, because they were all, like, $4, $5, and I mm. got, like, Elf and Santa Claus and, like, just Polar Express, just all of those, and then they had some, it was, like, buy one, get two free or something like that for Christmas movie or Christmas books. Wow. So I got a bunch of Christmas books, and then I went to a thrift store and bought more. So my hope is that we'll have... 25 things so we'll have either a book a movie or a service project so like I wrap and then I wrapped them all under the Christmas tree I haven't done this yet but this is my plan because I'm still trying to get through wedding season (laughs) but um so like one of the things I'll wrap is like cookies like cookie dough like you know like the little cookie package thing and so like we'll like make cookies together or we'll watch a Christmas movie or whatever so like and it just kind of gives me as like I'm having, I think in 2020, it's been hard to, like, think of, like, ways to, like, keep the spirit up and keep positive through all of this and stuff, and I've been really stressed, and, and also, like, with Tanner gone all the time, because he's going to PA school, it's, like, I need something to look forward to. Like, yes. that brings me back. So, uh-huh. we'll, like, around 4 p.m., we'll open the present, me and Adelaide, and then we'll, like, do the Christmas activity and, like, spend time together, and then we'll, like, put the Christmas lights on, sing Silent Night. And I'm like, it's also about Jesus. Like, there you go. And then I'll... Yeah. <laughs> yes. I also, I cannot believe I forgot two of, like, my very favorite traditions. I don't know, like, what's wrong with me today. But I also, we also do this thing, and I'm so lucky that both families do it, where we watch on Christmas Eve um, The Muppets at Christmas Carol, which, in my opinion, yes. is one of the best movies ever. It's so fun. I love the message. And then we also do on Christmas Eve... We call it Secret Santa. So we'll find a couple of families in our area that maybe financially have struggled that year and they can't afford to do, like, a big Christmas. And, like, five other families get together with us and we will just wrap presents for a couple of hours and then we'll go ding-dong ditch these houses and leave, like, boxes of presents on their doorstep. And it's my all-time favorite tradition to do. I love it. It, like, makes you feel really good and you're helping people out. And then it's so fun because sometimes it'll be snowing and so you're, like running in the snow while trying to ding-dong ditch them and, like, trying to get away, but at the same time, like, you're leaving them boxes of presents, so you're not really doing anything bad. So it's definitely my favorite tradition ever. I love that. We used to do that. We used to... Have you ever heard of forking? Wow. That that sounds dirty, (laughs) Celine. I'm really sorry. Um, like, forking someone's (laughs) lawn? Have you ever forked someone's lawn? Is it where you just put a bunch of forks in their lawn? Um, we also called it heart attacking. Have you ever heard of heart attacking? Oh, I've heard of heart attacking. Yeah, so oh, basically, it, yeah. Yeah, to, like, keep my siblings, remember, like, the, the, I'm the oldest of five, so I had, like, four younger siblings that were, like, they were all so little and, like, so fun, but, like, there's just a lot. And so to entertain them, I would, we would, like, think of things to do, and so I, like, made them cut out a bunch of hearts, and then we'd tape them to forks, and then we'd fork someone's lawn so that when they, mm-hmm. we'd, like, ding-dong ditch, and then they'd come out, and they'd see, like, all of these hearts around their yard. Yeah. And so we do that for Christmas sometimes too because it was just just things to like occupy our time. And so right. I just feel like there's never – just finding like unique ways to like brighten people's day is like such a fun way to do it. So you guys should share like your like super cool traditions yeah. if there's something new that you guys do or um, – I know some people do like Elf on the Shelf. I feel like Adelaide would I use the Elf on the out. Shelf against me. She would be like, Mom, the elf can see that you're, like, doing this thing right now. I'd be like, gosh darn it, Adelaide. She's really the parent here in our relationship. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, she's a strong-willed child in the best she way. She is. 
She is. I always call Anna and I'm like, you would not believe what she did today. (laughs) The scene at Target, there was blood everywhere. (laughs) Okay, so that's awesome. Do you want to, let's talk about like, what is our criteria for old books? Like what, what old, yeah, tell me about like the books you chose. So, I mean, you definitely have more books than I do, but kind of the criteria that, I mean, you're passionate, Celine, but I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I support it. (laughs) This is why we're friends, because you let me be passionate. (laughs) Pro tip, to be friends with me, you have to let me be intense. (laughs) Yes, I'm here for it. Okay. But basically, I mean, just me, in my opinion, it has to be, like, older than 50 years in my opinion, yeah. like for old books, but like then also has to be like these onto Google books yes. for free. You like can based off of yeah, this. Like you can find them you anywhere. Can, yeah. Basically Keep spark going. notes. will have something about it. Yeah. Usually That's like the author the had to like, <laughs> had to like publish under a different name because they were a woman, but they weren't allowed to be a woman and <laughs> like, or like <laughs> there's some yes. tea spilled about them getting published. It was so funny. <laughs> um, yeah. I yeah. wrote, so I wrote some reasons why I love old books. Yes. So it's super funny. The next episode is like Anna has put her heart, whole heart and soul into this. Like the next one we have coming out. It's so I'm good. So I'm so excited, excited about this. Ooh. And so she's like been messaging me multiple times like, okay, so I have this document with like all of the, like these notes and like I've messaged this person and this and this and this. And so it's all set up. And then like me, I'm like, we're talking about old books. We're going into Jane Eyre. We're going to discuss everything. <laughs> and so like yeah. me and her, like this is like my episode where I'm like, yeah. sit down. I'm going to tell everybody about why they need to listen to good books. And then Anna's episode is next week where she's gonna be like sit down we're gonna talk about slam poetry (laughs) it's gonna be freaking awesome it's gonna be great (laughs) deal with it (laughs) we'll talk to you about at the end of the episode okay so i love old books because i feel like i get so proud when i get a joke from the 1800s it makes me feel like superior and smart so do you oh i love old books basically because I feel proud of myself. It's kind of the same thing. I feel proud of myself that I can understand, like, the old yes. English. I almost, in this list, put Canterbury Tales. Because I, like, yeah. I really loved reading those in high school. But I, it's, a lot of people don't like it because the English is so old. And it's, like, kind of hard to mm-hmm. understand and get, like, the messages they're trying to get across. Yeah. No, I feel, like, also, if you guys haven't. Please tell me, you all know what Sparknotes is. Because, like, Sparknotes has so much good stuff to help you understand. Even with Romeo and Juliet, like, they have a Shakespeare translator where, like, they'll take mm-hmm. literally exactly what is written and then, like, explain it. And so, but they also, like, go into, like, the motifs and, like, themes and stuff like that. And in high school, like, that's, like, what helped oh, me understand everything. And It's so good. And I feel like I almost wish that I had that for, like, modern day literature because... I feel like these authors have to have symbolism and, like, things like that in, in them. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. so much more to those books, and we don't have, like, a spark notes for normal books. And no. I really Sometimes just I need wish someone to point it out for me. Yeah, yeah, right? I'm like, tell me, what does Edward symbolize in this? I'm just kidding. What, what does the <laughs> apple symbolize? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> also, can we like... talk about spark notes Twitter and how hilarious yes. it is? Tell me. Oh, I'm like, everyone should follow it. I think we shared a couple (laughs) things on our Facebook page a little bit ago. Like, funny memes from, like, some guy, like, skipping four steps, and it's, like, Juliet, and it's, like, maybe waiting two (laughs) seconds to see if Juliet's still alive. Maybe not taking poison right away. Maybe asking the priest. (laughs) That priest, I feel like he had ulterior motives. I feel like like he did, too. He was, like... Mm, yeah, y'all already gone. You know, y'all y'all already did it. So we're good. <laughs> Have you seen like the sassy gay friend on YouTube where like he's like Juliet? You've known this no. guy like five days, and oh my god, I need to watch it. Anna, it's beautiful. So basically, <laughs> sassy gay friend, he like has this beautiful scarf that he like he's like ex- he goes to like popular old books. Like a lot of the times, he uses mm-hmm. like all of like Shakespeare's people but mm-hmm. he's like Lady Macbeth what are you doing what 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 are you doing and he like goes in and he's like stop you just need to calm down like it's as if like if those women had a sassy gay friend they wouldn't do like the psycho thing so he like talks down Juliet he's like no and like with Ophelia he's like she's like about to commit suicide and he's like Ophelia come really? on girl girl you are strong you don't <laughs> Hamlet didn't he kill your father like Ophelia, really? Mm. What? What? What wow. are you doing? I need to watch this. And then right he now. turns and he's like, "She's a crazy bee." <laughs> it's 
great. So, like, it's just, that's why you read old books and you do all those things, because then you can get all of these, like, there are centuries of, like, beautiful inside jokes and, yep. like, hilarious stuff that, like, everyone is sleeping on, but, like, the books that we've chosen for this, for today, is, like, so good. So, my book, the first one I'm going to talk about is Importance of Being Earnest, and then I'm going to discuss um, Anne of Green Gables, probably, yes. The Crucible. What about you? What are you going to bring up? So I'm going to talk about Rebecca and Jane Eyre, and I know that they're very similar. I know Rebecca is basically Jane Eyre, just written somewhat differently, but I'm talking about both of them. I have deep thoughts about Rebecca. I like, I'm so excited to hear about it. I feel like I want you to start with Rebecca. You should just dive into it, and then I can go into Oscar Wilde. All right. And his wildest dreams. I love it. So... I mean, I'm sure most people have heard this. It's like a literary, like one of the most famous sayings where it's mm-hmm. last night I jumped, I went to Manderley again. And mm-hmm. I feel like I can't do a joke. I feel like I need to say it in a British accent, but I will not be attempting that because do I it. don't want your ears to bleed. Katie, if you're listening, this is for you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. I'll just read the little uh, back I saw you take the breath you. to try it. Last night. I can't do it either. <laughs> nope. Nope. Right? Okay, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Okay, so there are like <laughs> all of our like eight percent audience of the UK is just like don't even like, like cringing in their seats like Ooh. they're just like you don't know how to British stop. <laughs> okay, go. Okay, I'll read the little back page excerpt. So it's last night I jumped down into Manderley again. The novel begins in Monte Carlo, where our heroine is swept off her feet by the dashing widower Maxine De Winter and his sudden proposal of marriage. Orphaned and working as a lady's maid, she can barely believe her luck. It is only when they arrive at his massive country estate that she realizes how large a shadow his late wife will cast over their lives, presenting her with a lingering evil that threatens to destroy their marriage from beyond the grave. And so basically, sorry, basically, Rebecca is a ghost story with no actual ghosts, but kind of. Like, her ghost never, it's not paranormal, her ghost never shows up, but like, just... So Rebecca is the late wife, and even mm-hmm. you know the main character. She never really gets a name except for after she marries you don't even Max. Know her name. No, you don't. But she, yeah, you know, she's after just she Mrs. marries DeWinters. Yeah, exactly. She's then known as Mrs. DeWinter. Um, but so Rebecca's ghost is just so overpowering, and it just shadows like so much of her life. Yeah. Um, but the reason I like this novel so much is because there is or like a really unexpected twist, and like I personally like that, and the main character we'll call her like the heroine she starts out as like this really weak character who gets walked Mm -hmm. over all the time and you know she never really asserts herself um but then as the novel goes on she starts you know being more self-assured and getting more confident in the things that she wants to do um but I do know that some people either like love or hate this novel it's very polarizing like, I can't, mm-hmm. I've never talked to someone who's like, yeah, I read it, it was okay. It's either, like, I read it and I really liked it, it was intriguing, the story was great, or, like, I read it and I hated it. I hated the main character, I hated that she didn't have a backbone, I hated the way that Max treated her. Mm-hmm. But, like, when they think, when they when people say that, I'm like, no, you don't get the book, you didn't understand it then. Yeah. Because, and it's cool. I mean, yeah, what? Keep going. Oh, just go. Keep going. Oh, no, I was saying, because Max is, like, kind of rude at first and he I mean he's a lot older than the main character he's like almost Mm -hmm. like a father figure which is kind of gross to say but (laughs) but he is way older than her and you know the reason he even starts liking the main character you come to find out is because she's like the antithesis of his late wife she's just exactly the opposite that's why he grows to like her so much yeah um but there is a character that you like love to hate and her name is Mrs. Danvers. She's the literal worst. I hate Which, her. Um, she's horrible. Yes, but there is... And this is on the whore. She does, like... Just kidding. She makes the heroine dress up, because they do this masquerade ball she after they've been there for the a while. Heroine. Yeah, she yeah. makes her dress up as what Rebecca wore to the last masquerade ball. And, it it, like, it in that moment, not. you're like, you could die right now. I hope you die right now. I'd be so happy. Oh, the manipulation. Why is it that, like, man, girls, guys, guys, like, fighting is, like, you're stupid, I'm gonna kill you. Girl fighting is, like, manipulative mind games that, like, will never end until, like, something, till someone dies. Like, there's just, it's manipulative. And why are women not involved in, like, tactical military warfare? Because let's be real, like, we would, we could get it (laughs) done. 
No one would die, but everyone would be dead. <laughs> like, Emotionally that's what dead. would happen if, like, women <laughs> were in charge of war. Like, Love that. Sorry, keep going. Um, but so, basically, <laughs> as the novel goes on, um, and you, I really like the way that she writes... Um, sorry, this is, the novel's by Daphne de Maurier, I think I said that right, Mm -hmm. but she has such a, like, interesting way of writing, she has this amazing world building, and, like, in scenes where, like, the heroine is, like, kind of not so sure of herself, she can, like, what is the word I'm looking for? (laughs) Describe? Um, yes, describe, oh, she can look into herself with such detail that, like, I feel like Mm. you can really relate. Um, here we go. Sorry, I'm trying to find this quote that I was looking for. Is it the Rebecca, always Rebecca one? No, but I will read that because that gives, like, a really good feeling. so good. You picked such a good quote. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, like, looking at her notes. I'm like, thank you. (laughs) Detailed. Good job. (laughs) Okay, go. So this is basically how the heroine, the main character, thinks through like 80% Mm -hmm. of this novel. So, quote, Rebecca, always Rebecca, wherever I walked in Manderley, wherever I sat, even in my thought and in thoughts and in my dreams, I met Rebecca. I knew her figure now, the long slim legs, the small and narrow feet, her shoulders broader than mine, the capable clever hands, hands that could steer a boat, could hold a horse, hands that arranged flowers, made the models of ships and wrote Max from Rebecca on the fly leaf of a book. I knew her face too, small and oval, the clear white skin, the cloud of dark hair. I knew the scent she wore. I could guess her laughter and her smile. If I heard it, even among a thousand others, I should re- I should recognize her voice. Rebecca, always Rebecca. I should never be rid of Rebecca. Because this like lady literally manipulates her enough that she basically has the heroine like believe that unless like Max wants Rebecca. She wants, he wants another person, and so, like, and that she'll never be that, and so, like, she plays these mind games so that she, too, becomes obsessed, and, like, her room is, like, untouched, like, perfectly and there's no clothing, like, there's no white cloth draped over anything, like, Mrs. Danvers is constantly dusting, making sure her shoes are laid out, as if, like, any moment Rebecca's gonna show back up. And her husband will, like, sleepwalk into that room, Mm -hmm. like, all the time, and Mrs. Danvers, like, you can't follow him. He no. needs to, like, grieve. Like, da, da, da. like the mind games, and it's so creepy because, and, like, the whole time you don't know how Max feels because you're no. only getting Mrs. Danvers thing. Because Max will just, like, go off and be like, don't ask me personal questions. Don't, yeah. da, 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 da. like, it's and then so she's like, let's be frank. Let's be frank. So what's going on? He's like, he, he, like, won't. And so, like, she's just trying to make him happy because she literally came from nothing and, she just wants to just be happy, and oh my gosh, yeah. it's crazy. And even though, like, looking back and going through all this after I've read the book, it's such a polarizing thing because, like, you come to be like, well, in his defense, like, his unwillingness to share his secrets with her do become mm-hmm. understandable once the reader learns the nature of it. Like, once you yes. understand things. And, like, as the book slowly goes on, like, you as a reader start getting this, like, for foreboding feeling you're like something's mm-hmm. not right i think um yeah. crawley who's the groundskeeper said like at one point when the heroine has just confided in him and she's like i feel like i can never live up to the shadow of rebecca like she was just charming and everyone loved her and he's like forget it mrs dewinter forget it as he has done thank heaven and the rest of us we none of us want to bring back the past maxim least of all and so you're like okay well why and then you meet this character this you know his name's ben and he's mentally handicapped and he's always on the beach and Rebecca lived Mm -hmm. in this like beach cottage Mm -hmm. and when the heroine first meets him he's like oh you're not like the dark lady you're not like this girl who reminded me of a snake I mean and you connect the dots but the heroine doesn't and so you're like wait what Mm -hmm. something bigger is at play here and I'm like should I like give it away should I tell them the spoiler or should no Okay. Torture them. Make them okay. read this freaking book. <laughs> but there is a Netflix movie that just came out with it that's absolutely yeah. incredible. And it's like, oh my gosh. It's so pretty. It's, it's so pretty. So and Lee is in it. And like, they make Max like an appropriate age for them to be like yes. lovers. <laughs> you don't get creeped out. You're like, ooh. Yeah. 
But I will say, I the first time I tried to watch it, I, like, loved their courtship. And then as soon as I got to Manderley, I, like, had to pause it because I was like, I don't know if I can, like, watch this mental torture yeah. again. <laughs> it is legit mental torture. But it's also incredible, like, when she, like, gets a backbone at yes. the end and she's like, I will die for you. I will ride or die. Like, I am yeah. here. And she becomes this can strong main character. And you, like, <laughs> yes. are here for it. And you're like, yes. Stick with it. Yes. So, Rebecca, <laughs> it's beautiful. Yes. All right. Yes. Okay, so I wanted to talk about The Importance of Being Earnest, which was literally written in 1895 by Oscar Wilde. Um, it's so good. Also, I've been to Oscar Wilde's house in Dublin, Ireland, so everyone can just think Amazing. I'm really cool because I have been to Ireland. You're so well-traveled. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, but he's a king. Like, he's literally king. We almost called this podcast, like, Wild Thing, be- like, with the wild, W-I. LDE because I was like I love yeah. him but here's the deal like he is freaking hilarious and so funny and there's actually like a ton of symbolism in it but like if you just watch it you can get it and also like Reese Witherspoon like there's a movie that came out like I don't know like a decade ago maybe two decades ago I don't know. A while ago. but in it like Reese Witherspoon plays what is it Sicily yeah she plays Sicily and it is I die it is so funny is like it go a re- modern retelling Mm-mm. oh okay no, it's like, again. oh, Anna, we should just, like, watch it together. It's I so know. good. But, like, she is, it's so funny. And, like, the scene with Gwendolyn and Cicely when they're, like, reading each other's, reading their journals mm-hmm. about, like, when they met Ernest, it is, I, like, peed myself. Like, actually peed myself <laughs> laughing so hard. But, um, do you, have you ever read Importance of Being Ernest? No. <laughs> okay, that's totally fine. Okay, so I can, like, set the scene. Set the scene. So, um, basically, it's... It's a madcap farce about mistaken identities, secret engagements, and lovers' entanglements. And um, it's got rapid-fire wit and eccentric characters. So it's, like, fantastic. Like, um, let's go through it. So the centers around Jack Worthing, who's the play's protagonist. Mm -hmm. And he's, like... The he's like the rich guy in town that like they're the downtown Abbey you know like the family in downtown Abbey he is that and he has okay but it's just him he's a lonely man but he has a ward that he takes care of named Cicely um and she's like she's Reese Witherspoon so she's like 18 granddaughter to the late Thomas Cardew and so you find out that Jack was adopted when he was a baby he doesn't know who his parents are or anything like that um but like that guy's the guy who adopted him's granddaughter is who he's taking care of and so like basically he's like maybe like 10 15 years older than her they don't get together don't worry guys (laughs) there's nothing like weird about it (laughs) um but anyway so he's like he owns a bunch of land he has a bunch of like he lives in the country there's just like a ton of stuff to do and he like has all these people that depend on him and so he um he's like goes off and he's like oh i have to go take care of my brother Ernest. he's like he's like being the worst blah 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 and he goes into town and that's like his excuse to like leave town and like go party in in London like he like goes and that's when he like he like it's basically Ernest is Jack's alibi and so it allows him for him to disappear for days at a time and do as he likes and um but no one but Jack knows that he himself is Ernest and so and Mm -hmm. it's also the name that he goes by in London which is where he and then he like does lots of he per it says that he pursues the very sort of behavior he pre- he pretends to disapprove of in his imaginary brother mm-hmm. and then he is absolutely in love in london with this girl named gwendolyn and so gwendolyn only knows him as Ernest. um and gwendolyn is the cousin of his bff algernon okay so there's so there's like those are the four main characters is jack sicily so they're like wards and then these cousins who are um gwendolyn and algernon and algernon and jack are best friends and then sicily is the ward and then um gwendolyn and jack are like madly in love with each other to the point where like homegirl gets a tattoo of the nick of the name Ernest on her back because my gosh this is like 1895 i know i'm like like scandalous because like she just wants like she's like it's just I could only love a man with a name like Ernest because like and he's just sitting there like that's not actually my name but like it's fine da, da, da. <laughs> he's and, like oh um, nice to you like sweaty. so like Algernon <laughs> knows Jack as Ernest but then he starts to realize that his name is not actually Jack and so suddenly he um he finds out that he has like a niece named Cicely who's like super hot and lives in the country and he's like hmm Ooh. hmm a Ooh. cute little young thing that I mean not young thing I mean they're like <laughs> Everyone's moral. And They're older. age appropriate. Age, age appropriate. But he, he goes <laughs> and he's like, Jack, why are you hiding this girl out? And he's like, you cannot. Like, don't. So while Jack is like out in London partying, 
Algernon as Ernest because now like everyone in town or everyone in the country thinks that Jack really does have this brother Al- or Ernest, right? And so mm-hmm. he goes into town or he goes down there and he like Sicily is like madly in love with him like immediately and has oh been writing gosh. like journal entries about him for like the past like 15 years. <laughs> she's super lonely and super intelligent and super bored and so like while her like while jack's been like talking like well i have to go to town da, 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 she's like it was so funny she'll be like oh Albert, she'll be like oh Ernest, i we already met you already proposed to me like six months ago he's like what do you mean she like opens up her journal she's like see it was a very lovely affair i said no <laughs> once and then da, 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 like it's so funny like the way that they talk Anyways, long story short, Jack comes back and realizes that his brother, quote-unquote, Ernest is here, while Gwendolyn is coming back to, like, she has just, um, he has just proposed to Gwendolyn, I'm pretty sure. Oh, no. And and is trying to come back to meet Cicely, but now there's two Ernests at the house, and no one knows anything. Ah. So, like, suddenly, like, everyone's trying to, like, so they're both trying to, like, um, Oh my gosh, my favorite scene though is when Cicely and Gwendolyn, who now has a tattoo, mind you, like, like she can't go back. Oh, Ernest and her, <laughs> and she's like, so they're talking, and um, they're having lunch, and it is like the funniest scene because they're both like, they're like, they both are talking about Ernest, but they don't know that they're two different people. Yes. So they're like, she's like, oh yeah, we're engaged, and and Cicely goes, oh no, we're engaged, and she's like, well let me look at my journal, don't you see? Um, June third, and she's like, oh no, sweetie, look at my journal, and then they're like going back and forth about it, <laughs> arguing with their journal is, like, As they're like arguing, they realize that like the boys are being naughty, and then they like, they like mean girl pout and like fight against. They're like, hmm, well, they're stupid. And then they, like, band together and, like, tell the boys. Like, the yes. boys have to, like, have to, like, they, like, play this little song to, like, get them, like, to, like, they're like, guys, like, we love you. We're stupid. And they're like, you're really stupid. You boys are dumb. And it's just, like, so <laughs> funny. And then there's, like, this whole, I'm not even going to tell you the ending, but, like, that's just, like, one, like, 1% of it. That's just the adorable parts. Like, there is so much humor and wit and, like, sarcasm in it that, like, you'll totally get. And they both, like, they're like, well, we wanted to marry a boy named Ernest and stuff like that. So they go to, like, get baptized so they can make their Christian name Ernest. Oh, and my then, gosh. Well, anyways, it's just long story short. And Gwendolyn's aunt, who's, like, her ward or whatever, won't concede to them getting engaged or getting married until, um, depending on, anyways, long story short, it is, like, absolutely hilarious. And it, the, it ends in, like, the most clever, hilarious way. And they're, they all end up together, and, and it's, oh, the twist at the end is, like, so perfect and hilarious. Ooh. So, anyways, you'll I'm going to read it. I have to so now. So, anyways, importance of being earnest. It's hilarious. Okay. Jane Eyre, go. Yes, let's dive into Jane Eyre. <clears throat> You're, this is definitely going to be, like, we're both going to be discussing it because oh, I I'm not too far into it, but, like, the how far into it, I'm like, I have thoughts. Like it, yes. I, here, let me read. We need to do a whole episode about Jane Eyre at some point because yes, it's so good. we do. There are twists, I bought y'all. Anna this book. I literally was like, we had talked about doing um, an old books episode and I was like, oh, we have to do Jane Eyre, da, da, da. don't you remember, da, da. And, and it was like, no. And I was like, you don't know? You don't know? And then like when she came here, I like had already bought her the book and was like. I like showed this. up and you pulled it out of the bag and you were like, for you. <laughs> read it or else. Okay. <laughs> Basically. Basically. Um, so the little back cover says, Growing up as an orphan in a cruel school, Jane Eyre is determined to become independent. And so she takes a job as a governess and soon finds herself enchanted by her employer, Mr. Rochester. When she discovers his terrible secret, Jane is forced to make a choice between a new life and true love. Charlotte Bronte's mysterious gothic romance was an instant bestseller and has continued to enthrall readers for generations. Wow, that is not give you a lot does it no it doesn't <laughs> this is why people don't read those books they're like oh well that sounds boring and little orphan girl that like finds hope no this is not it slams book lights it on fire you don't even know <laughs> no no idea okay tell us let's get into it so i just from the very beginning um it starts off and jane is living with i think her aunt she's like someone's the worst. worst yeah and she has her yeah, own kids and she obviously like, favors her own kids. Yeah, who, like, beat her every day. Yeah. Like, her, I'm pretty sure her older boy cousin is, like, a straight-up psychopath. Like, yeah. serial killer. Like, he, he like, like, will kill, like, small animals and, like, yeah. hurt her. It's creepy. And, like, it's, it's creepy. She's, like, not living her life. <laughs> yeah. 
So basically, like the big thing that happens is that I think her name's Mrs. Reed, who is her aunt, who's like her ward, basically. Jane mm-hmm. gets in a fight with her son, who like, I mean, it's like you're finally like finally you stood up for yourself, but like they do get in a fight, and Mrs. Reed is basically like. For punishment, you shall go to the old, or the red room. And what's the red room, you're asking? It's where somebody (laughs) died. And her, like, aunt forces her to go up there and be in a room where someone died. Like, what type of cruel and unusual punishment is that? Oh, and it's bad, because, like, she, like, gets so freaked out. She, like, has a panic attack. She, like, faints. (laughs) She faints. And she's, like, screaming, and her aunt's like, no, she's just trying to get attention. Like, what? That's, like, every time. She, like, the, the emotional manipulation there of her aunt is, like, the worst. The worst. Oh, it's horrible. <sighs> so, she finally gets... Go. Oh, no. No. Tell me your thoughts. No, I was just saying, like, her aunt, like, will, like, she just does everything. Like, in the beginning of the book, you just, like, it was so funny. I just remember telling you, like, about this series, and you're just sitting there, like, when does her life get better? Like, all when of these does people life suck. get better? <laughs> Keep going. I'll get there. Okay, go. So, like, a bunch of other stuff happens. I won't get into all of it. But she finally, like, convinces her aunt. She's like, please send me to school. Please, can I just go to a school? And they're waiting, like, months to hear back. And finally she's like, I found a school for you to go to. And then Jane finds out that it's a school for orphans that her, like, her, you know, quote-unquote family doesn't even have to pay for her to go to. And so Jane, like, finally tells her aunt off. Ugh. I, like, need to pull up that quote. When she's, oh, like, yeah. talking and about it, and she's, like, when people ask, like, I will tell them. I have no remorse that I lived with the worst people. Oh, I love it. Yes. Okay. Anyways, I can't find the quote. but It's fine. Okay, so she okay. goes to the school, and she, like, the first day, they make her, like, stand. She, like, Almost accidentally like trips or something, and, like, because she tripped and wasn't perfect. Because here's the deal, like, her aunt told, like, the headmistress and the people that were there that, like, that Jane was the worst and that she would, like, misbehave and was super sassy. So they, she, she came to the school with everybody, like, being, like, this is our troublemaker, blah, blah, blah. And so she, like, on the first day is made to, like, stand on this stool for, like, 24 hours with no mm-hmm. food or water. And, like, she goes through all this stuff. And then she makes a friend who's, like, a shining ray of light. And it's so good. Yes. And then she dies of typhoid, what, typhoid fever? Yeah. She dies. She just dies. And, like, she wakes up the next day and she, like, is laying next to her dead friend. And she's, like, oh. Oh, this, this is traumatic. And then yeah. it like fast forwards like six years. <laughs> oh, I, the jump, I'm not going to lie, I was not expecting. I was like, wait, 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 she's been here for six years? Teaching for the last two? Like what? How? What? What's what? happening? Yep. And it's better. Like she's made a better life for herself. She's yeah. educated. Like the, the stupid persecuting people are like gone. And so like she's like now the people that like help make the school better. Mm-hmm. And um, she like realizes she's like, well, I don't really want to like be at the school forever. So no. what should I do? I should be a governess. And then yeah. she applies. And okay. Can we also talk about who was it that came to visit her? Like the maid or someone that she, was from her childhood that was like, you were always my favorite. <gasps> Yes, and, like, tells her all these about things it. about how, like, Mrs. Reed's son is, like, psycho and he's doing all these horrible things. And that, like, her brother, Jane's brother, her father, so her father's brother and Jane's father, who has, you know, passed away now a long time ago, came looking for her but just didn't have yeah. the time to go actually find her so left? What? <laughs> I am so excited for you to read further into this. Do you want to know? <laughs> like, do you want me to, like, go into the spoilers about, like, what happens? Because honestly, he find you guys her? the tea. Yes. No, I, I can't tell you. Like this is beautiful. I'm so excited for us to like, to like go into this. Like, oh my gosh! Like, 14 yes. year old me is like, Anna, I've been waiting to talk about this book for like <laughs> literally 11 years. Like, I'm so excited. Um. Okay. Um. Wait. You said let's talk about Helen. Is that the maid? Oh, I was just gonna talk. That was her friend who died of the typhoon, or not typhoon. It was like another disease. It was some form of like she just died. She just died. And it was just really sad. Six. She but I didn't want to say, like, I loved that her grave was, like, left unmarked. And I did look, yeah. I I kind of, like, looked some things up. And that, like, 15 years later, like, you know, there ends up a sign being there. And it was Jane yeah. leaving, like, just a mark for her rent. Anyways, it was really sweet. But yes, sad that she had to die. It was really unexpected. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're like, she finally has a friend. This is great. No. So, yeah, so she goes and she applies to, um, and she gets a job at this, like, at this, like, giant manor. Like, yes. huge, huge manor, more, like, 
just like think of like crumbly ruins like desolate landscape yes. i'm using your knits like oh thank you absolutely beautiful. i will say the descriptions absolutely. is so fun i love the imagery yes. It's very dark and brooding, and like yes. if you can think of it, I always think of it as like there's mist hanging everywhere. And... Always, there's mm-hmm. always mist, of course. Yep. It's almost <laughs> like it's bordering on gothic. Like this is almost yep. a gothic novel, like completely. So like she gets there and she's supposed to be a nanny to Celine, or no Adele, Adele. Yeah. But like Adele's mom is Celine, who's a hoe. But like, <laughs> not me. I'm not a hoe. She's like Celine, not not me, Celine. That Celine. <laughs> that Celine's a hoe. Um. But anyways, Adele is like this like little bratty like I don't know like six seven ten year old kid who like wants to like dance and And she is the ward of this like man that comes and goes who's older and it's just very mysterious but like she doesn't even know who this guy is she's just there to take care of she's just there working or not Mm -hmm. daughter but I guess it is his daughter it's a ward slash daughter he can it's a long story yeah keep going where are you at Have, have you reached have we reached the point to where you have not read anymore I'm at the point where, <clears throat> sorry, she's watching the moon rise or something, and she's seeing a carriage come onto the grounds. Yes. Do you see this description here? Like, this is great. <laughs> I love it. But no, she, like, comes to, she gets, like, did he, like, spook on her or whatever yet with the, with the, with the, like, horse and the carriage, and she's, like, he's. He's like yelling at her, and she's like, "That's you hap- random stranger. You're the yes. worst." Like, yeah, yes, that just happened. Yes. Okay, so you're gonna have oh. to like take over from here. I'm okay, sorry, guys, don't I'll, I'll take the wheel. I'll take the <laughs> wheel. Sorry. No. Okay. So basically, after that, she and him just become like awkward friends because, like, so, so to be real, like Jane Eyre in multiple times, it's like she's not pretty. That's what like she keeps. She's like does like a portrait, and she's like, "I am disappointed with my face." <laughs> like she just like doesn't. <laughs> She and it's so herself. sad because I like to think of her as but like being pretty. Like I feel like she's same. quite normal looking. But people comment on her like plain face all the time, <laughs> and like when they <laughs> cast movies, it's always like super plain faced people, and they're like not allowed to wear makeup. They're like Jane is plain, plain Jane, huh? Maybe that's where it came <laughs> oh. from. Anyways, so she like anyway, so she and him like he was like interested in her because he just I don't know why he like picked her. To, like, become, not, like, interested in, like, lovey-dovey, but he's no. just, like, you exist. Let's talk. Let's sit yeah. by my roaring fire, and I'll be really demon mysterious and, like, order mm-hmm. you around sometimes, but sometimes not. Anyways, so basically, she, she comes to, wait, I, like, feel like I need to, like, preface this by saying, like, they do fall in love, but it, there's Rebecca vibes, so she, like, starts hearing yep. all of these, like, random like occurrences in the night and like at one point like she wakes up and she like hears some noise and she goes out and his bed is on fire like actual fire and she's like what the heck is happening and he won't tell her like she's slowly falling in love with him and it's painful and like he is like kind of like giving her enough attention but then like there's this like really um there's this chick that, like, he invites and that, like, totally makes... I can't wait for you to freaking read this, I know. Anna. I'm, like, dying. I'm, like... I'm, I'm very excited. Anyways, so, like, he has these, like, people come to visit who, like... It's kind of like the the Bennets with, like, Elizabeth who are, like, oh, you poor little governess, blah, blah, blah. And, like... But yeah. he, he dresses up like a gypsy to, like, see how Jane feels about him. Like a woman. Like, he drags... He goes full drag. Oh. <laughs> Like, to figure okay. out if Jane likes Talk him. about, you know, that, I just would like to know the logic between those two thoughts. He was like, you know, she might like me. How could I figure out if she has a, oh, drag, drag. I gotta do drag. And I think, like, I'm pretty sure, like, after he figures out, like, how she feels, he, like, I think he reveals that he went drag for, like, he's like, he's like, oh, you feel that way? It's me. Like, like, what? Like, <laughs> He has, like, a turban on. I don't know. I read this when I was 14, when I had the flu, the swine flu. So everything's a little bit of a fever dream. Like, what if, like, none of these events happen? And I'm, like, super confused. People are, like, drag? What the F are you talking about, Celine? Okay, anyways, they admit that they finally have feelings for each other. And it's beautiful. And they are, like, walking through this apple orchard. And it's, like, they, like, feel all these feelings. And it's beautiful. And then they, like, are going to get married. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, at their wedding, like, someone's, like, you can't marry him and he can't marry you and she's like why i finally have some joy in my life why can't this happen and he goes because he already has a wife you idiot and he she's like what's like yeah she's locked up in the tower she's been locked up in there for like five 
years. And she's like, what? And there is like a psychotic lady in the <laughs> attic like that he was married to. And he's like, dude, I literally like she tried to kill me so many times. Like I literally just and I couldn't take her to an asylum. Asylum, I think that's the word. And so yeah. like literally Jane's like, I'm so sorry, but I have to go. Like this is super weird. So she goes off into like she becomes like a school teacher in this tiny little town. Oh my and gosh. like she becomes friends with this brother and sister who's like a pastor. And so suddenly like they become friends and the pastor guy is like, I'm gonna go on this mission trip. You can come with me. I don't love you and you don't love me, and that's cool. Like we don't have to have into you know let's the devil's tango friends. but like let's be like married but like kind of not and she's like um I don't know she's <laughs> like, like is as this he's the best like, I can do for myself <laughs> yes and so as he's like proposing to her she hears uh oh my gosh what is the main guy's name she hears his voice calling out for her and she's like I feel like I need to go right now she comes back <sighs> there's like 25 other things she like first off the manor's on fire. He's blind. Um, what other things? Blind. <laughs> she finds out that like she like her aunt who's like horrible. Like she finds out that like she actually does have money and that she I think is related to the people that she met at the schoolhouse. But I'm not completely sure. Maybe they're cousins. I'm not sure. Wow. And then like, anyways, there is like a twist and a turn and a twist and a Seriously. turn at the end, and you're just like, and then it all like settles and it's great. But like that is like Jane Eyre. Why are people not reading this book? Yeah, people are sleeping on this one hard time. I'm very excited to finish reading. And I'm also like, can so I just hard. applaud her for being like, getting out of a toxic situation where she was like, oh, your wife's alive and she's psycho and murderous. You know what? It was a good run. Peace out. Dude, she does that a lot. She's kind of like, y'all are toxic. I'm a go. Like, y'all are toxic. I'm a go. Like, that's how she does. She's like, I don't stand for any of this. This is the worst. Like, she does. <laughs> I very much support that. That was, like, probably, what's so funny is, like, I needed, I need to be fact-checked. I, like, really hope that the things that I just said are true. But I feel like they are true, and I feel like there's so much more. But read it. Read yes, it and I will. I know Do that you, you had. Nancy Drew? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do you want to talk about Nancy Go. Drew? I'm like, we can talk about Anna Green Gables. Oh, let's talk about Anna Green Gables. Okay, first off, I'm ashamed to say that, like, I think I am Anne. Ooh. And I, like, can't, st- I can't stand people with my personality. Like, I listen to myself on this podcast, and I'm like, I literally hate, like, <laughs> But, um, I am Anne, like, the, just, like, how much she talks and, like, her descriptions and, like, her dreams and visions. And, like, oh, I totally see it. Yeah, it's painful. You're my Diana. It's great. Um, <laughs> but what I want to talk about was Anne of the Island and Anne's House of Dreams. Have you heard about those ones? I haven't. I know the first book. I'm not too familiar with the second and third yeah so Anne of Green Gables is like basically her um you know her as a kid growing up and stuff like that Anne of the Island is her in college and like being pursued by all of these suitors and like she like so I'll just read this the third book in the series features Anne at Redmond College Anne and three friends Priscilla Philippia and Stella Maynard as well as their chaperone of sorts and they live in the cutest little house called Patty's Place it's like darling and like they have all these suitors that come and Anne like blossoms and grows into herself at college and she like makes new friends meanwhile Gilbert is at the school too I think yes Yes. okay wait pause we need to do a preface of Anne of Green Gables for people who don't know what it is do you want me to read like a little back excerpt for you go bring it girl okay so as soon as Anne Shirley arrives at the snug white farmhouse called Green Gables she is sure she wants to stay forever but will the Cuthbert send her back to the orphanage? Anne knows she's not what they expected. A skinny girl with fiery red hair and a temper to match. If only she can convince them to let her stay, she'll try very hard not to keep brushing headlong into scrapes and blurting out the first thing that comes to her mind. Anne is not like anyone else. The Cuthberts agree she is special, a girl with an enormous imagination. This orphan girl dreams of the day when she can call herself Anne of Green Gables. Okay. So cute. So basically, like, the first book is this, like, brother and sister who aren't married, but they live together. It's not gross. It's not incest, so don't worry. Um, We're fine. (laughs) And they, like, adopt her, and, like, she's so much more than they thought she was going to be. Like, she's a lot for them to handle. But they end up coming to, like, love her, and they do adopt her. It's super sweet. Okay. Yes. And she, like, has, like, her best friends, and, and, like, she becomes friends with people, and then there's this boy named Gilbert that, like literally teases her and she teases him and they're both like the smartest in the class and they're so cute you should them so hard 
So hard. And honestly, can we just talk about, like, the fact that, like, the film adaption of the 80s will always have my heart. Have you ever, like, just watched the film adaption? I've never seen the one in the 80s. I did watch the Netflix series that, like, like, broke my heart and got canceled. But I I didn't think it was too accurate because I did read, I did read the book. So. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, I don't wrong. Like, there's no hate on Anne with an E. I feel like I couldn't get into it because I watch it and then I get reminded of, like, an earlier version of myself and it makes me want to throw up. Because I I'm could like, see that. Oh, they God. make her very talkative and somewhat awkward. Like, everything she does, she's like, yes. thinks out loud and she's like, and now you're second guessing if you want to keep me. But I just know that I would be so happy here. Please don't send me back to the orphanage. And you're like, girl, we get it. I cringe <laughs> so hard. So hard. And it's like, and it's so sad because, like, the cinematography is beautiful. But no, the one in the 80s is absolutely beautiful and like here's the deal they stick it through for like five movies and they even like they have this um this like one where they're fighting in world war ii as like gilbert and like the actors it's all the same actors like gilbert and her like and all of their kids and like they're trying to like come back together and stuff the actor died Uh, i'm so sad but they like did movies together for a long time and like gilbert and her like love was like so enduring like give me a gilbert plot give me he can be my book boyfriend yeah he's great but he, like, really, anyways, so Anne of the Green Gables is absolutely adorable, but the thing is, mm-hmm. is, like, I think a lot of people don't know about all the other books, and so Anne of the Island, like, she, um, she, like, makes mistakes in love, hello, Roy Gardner, and, um, but she also, like, figures out who she really wants, which is Gilbert, and that's where she gets engaged to Gilbert, and there's so much pining, and, like, slow burn, and, like, he is with someone else, and, like, yes. all of this stuff, and then the next book is Anne's House of dreams and like let me just read this the fifth book finally has Anne and Gilbert getting married which Anne fans have been waiting for Gilbert has completed medical school and after their wedding he and Anne go to Glen St. Mary where he will practice medicine you see Anne and Gilbert as newlyweds in the house and then there's like all these new characters and stuff like that and there's just like it's just Anne as an adult which I feel like what's cool is like I can relate to her and then there's there's other books like they're talking to like her they have books like about her kids and like there's Rilla of Rilla of the island I think and like it talks about her her oldest daughter and like how she lived her life so like there's like a ton of books that are just like adorable this sounds amazing and the third book especially sounds ooh right up my alley yes I love it yeah don't sleep on that and um one last book I wanted to just throw at you guys sorry this is totally this is a Celine show today but I just really like for it I just really want you guys to like love on these books and they're just books that like I never can talk about with people because I'm like People are like, ew, old books. Oh. <laughs> um, but there's this book called Girl of the Limberlost, which, like, I grew up, like, reading. My mother, my grandmother gave it to my mother. My mother gave it to me. It's, like, one of those books. And it is absolutely beautiful. Um, it's about a girl that just, like, has, like, really hard circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, she, her dad died when she was really young. And he, like, got lost in the limber. Limberlost is, like, a swamp. So I can just read the thing. Okay, Set yeah. amid Indiana's vast Limberlost swamp, this treasured children's classic mixes astute observations on nature with the struggles of growing up in the early 20th century. Harassed by her mother and scorned by her peers, Eleonora Comstock finds solace in natural beauty alongside with friendship, independence, and romance. And so basically the main character, she's like super poor and lives with her like widowed mom and she lives at the end of Limberlost and her mother like is super super manipulative and like horrible she just neglects her because she blames Eleonora for her father's dying um and um it's super mysterious so he drowned in quicksand in the swamp and it's because like her husband died while she gave birth to their daughter and couldn't come to his rescue so like she would have been able to rescue him if she wasn't giving birth and so she's like how dare you be born at that exact moment um and so like they have like this farm that they like make money through but like the mother would not cut down a single tree in the forest or delve for oil because she it's like attached she's so attached to her her dead husband or whatever and so like but Eleonora's like life is horrible so she like ends up going to high school and like her mother like is so like strict about everything like she can't like have nice clothing she can't have any of those things so Eleonora like what's cool is like she gets put in these hard situations and then she just like figures out ways to do it so one of the things that she did was um she figured out that, like, people are really interested in, like, moths, like, preser- perfectly preserved moths, and um, she, like, sells them in order to, like, do well, and she learns the violin and stuff like that, and she, like, struggles. Like, her mother, like, literally destroys her life all the time, and she just, like, keeps trying. She keeps going and stuff like that, and then she goes to college, and she meets Philip, and there's, like, a whole love story about that. 
But like once again, Philip is engaged to someone else and she oh finds gosh. that out later and she's like, No boy, I'm not gonna kiss you. No. Like yeah. I have to be like I'm not getting tangled up in that. Even he's like, but my fiance is a horrible person. He's she's like, well then take care of that, and then we can deal with this. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't care, and I just love the way she respected herself. And then she was like, but I'm not gonna stand your way. Like you should get married. Like I'm not gonna be a homewrecker. And then Philip like, like he has to go through all of this stuff to get for her and stuff like that. It's just like she gets such a good happy ending, and yeah. it's like better as an adult. But I think like, she's just a good person, and she's not boring. I just really like it. Yeah. And I like, if you like Little Women, I think you'd like this book. Oh, Celine, you would love Where the Crawdads Sing. Have you read that? <gasps> really? I have. I literally. Is that the one that just you came started, out? Yeah. It's yes. In, it's yes. the one that by Delia Owens, who it was in Reese uh-huh. Witherspoon's book club. This yes. is so, can I read like the little page excerpt yes, for you? Go. It's so go similar. It. Okay. So it starts, how long can you protect your heart? For years, rumors of the Marsh Girl have haunted Barkley Cove, a quiet town on the North Carolina coast. So, in late 1969, when handsome Chase Andrews is found dead, the locals immediately suspect Kaya Clark, the so-called Marsh Girl. But Kaya is not what they say. Sensitive and intelligent, she has survived for years alone in the marsh that she calls home, finding friends in the goals and lessons in the sand. Then the time comes when she yearns to be touched and loved, when two young men from town become intrigued by her wild beauty Kaya opens herself to a new life until the unthinkable happens. Um, sorry. Ex- Where the Crawdad Sing is at once an exquisite ode to the natural world, a heartbreaking coming-of-age story, and a surprising tale of possible murder. It, Celine, it's so, it starts off basically exactly the same, where she lives in this swamp with, like, a bunch of her siblings, and, yeah. like, her dad is abusive, he's a drunk, and she, her mom is there, and then one day, I think when she's, like, six, her mom just, like, leaves. She just sees her mom walking away with the suitcase, and her mom, like, doesn't even turn around. Her mom leaves and leaves them all to fend for themselves. And one by one, her siblings all abandon her, and then she's just stuck with her dad, who's abusive, and she has no education, and then, like, eventually he dies, and she's just by herself out there. But she, like, lives in this marsh, and she starts selling, like, she learns how to draw the wildlife, and she's so good at it, and she, like, makes Mm -hmm. these, like, compendiums for the wildlife that's out there. Yeah. And it's so good. It really is a coming of age because she meets these two boys and, like, they both change her life in different ways. And But then it also is, like, a murder mystery. And I, I don't want to, like, give too much away, but it if you liked this book, you will love Where the Crawdads Sing. It's very, okay, very I'm similar. I'm totally going to read it. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. Okay, done. Done. Okay, I think that's, like, day. all we have time for. I don't even know what. We've been recording for an, an hour. We do. Yeah. We're, like, keep hitting that hour mark. <laughs> But, okay, so these are our books. We have a ton more. It's so funny. I always feel like we need to have, like, part two for, like, all of the books so we can talk about more. Maybe we will do a part two for this. There are a bunch of other books we could talk about. I have so many. I want to talk about The Crucible so bad because, ooh, it's so good. She's so thirsty. Abigail, (laughs) you so thirsty, girl. Okay, but, yeah, so let us know what books you guys love to read and stuff like that. Do you have anything you want to, like, throw out, like, say, like... Do you can talk about next week, next week's episode that they're going to hear? Oh, yeah. We'll talk about next week's episode. I'm so excited for it. I'm interviewing my husband's brother. His name is Justin, and he has these, like, poems and short stories he's written that are so good. It's kind of like slam poetry, but he mm-hmm. – I've never heard – and not that I've, like, listened to a ton of poetry, but I've never heard, like, the poems that he has. They're so good, and they're, like, they make you feel so deeply and – like, he, he has, like, a really good way with words. I'm yes. very excited for you guys to listen to it. Yeah, and I feel like what's cool, too, is we're going to talk about the writing process and, like, what goes behind it. Yes, yeah. We're going to definitely interview mm-hmm. him to the best of our ability. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We're actually, we just send out, like, five to ten emails to some of our favorite authors. We've had a couple of people get back to us yes. and stuff like that, so we're going to... We're going to have, like, we're going to announce it once we, like, have those dates locked in. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to, like, like, and then we have this famous author that we're interviewing. Because, like, we don't want to jinx ourselves. A week later, we'll be like, actually, that fell through, so never mind. Yeah. (laughs) But, honestly, like, we thought about, we thought long and hard about, like, books that we just loved reading, like, like, crazy. And we just, like, we, like, took a risk. We're like, okay, we're just going to, like, email them. Just see what happens. And, honestly, it's awesome authors are super cool and really good at like getting back to us so we're excited to like hopefully get a lot of them on the podcast so you guys can let us know like what it is one thing too like with um with Justin too is like he isn't 
I think he is a published author, but he's not, like, someone that is, like, on the New York Times or anything like that. No. And I feel like we we want really badly to, like, have you guys on here, too. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, really get into, like, we want to eventually make an anthology of, like, our readers' writings and stuff like that. Like, our listeners' writings and stuff like that. And make, like, a book where you can be in it and stuff like that. Yeah, and, like, we think that would be really fun. Just something really cool where, like, we want to share, like, if you've written, like, um, like a cool poem or something like awesome. We do want to do some writing challenges as well. Um, so get ready for those. Oh, and then our last thing is Midnight Sun. Yes, we did release. I mean, when you hear this, we'll probably like pretty be soon be talking about Midnight Sun. Mm-hmm. But we're so excited. We've heard a lot of good feedback from you guys. Um, just be. I go through books so fast, so I'm probably going to start reading that in a couple of days just because I want it to be super fresh in my mind when we do talk about it but just make sure you guys are sending us your thoughts even if it's just like a sentence and you're like I died when Edward did this like we want to hear everything and we're gonna put you in our podcast which is really cool like if you want to join our Facebook group or our Instagram that'll we'll give we'll be posting links and stuff in there for you to like actually participate in Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so you can like send in your thoughts and stuff like that but basically we want to every month like do a book of the month kind of a thing where like we all read a book together and then me and Anna obviously just about it but we want you in the podcast too like this isn't Mm -hmm. this isn't just me yeah Anna and Celine show it's like you're in this too we like love hearing back from you guys so we want you in this podcast too 100 percent yeah read Midnight Sun yes um that episode will probably be coming out the like first or second week of January and so if you want to have it written read by like the end of December that's when we're probably going to be recording that episode yeah. so we want to have it your thoughts and stuff like that probably in a little bit after Christmas so there you go yes we're awesome thanks for listening you guys are the best leave us a review <laughs> it really does Share help us, us. <laughs> it would be awesome <laughs> perfect okay well thanks for letting us drone on about old books because yeah, we just it was a good it. time you're welcome they're all free like, they're all books they, that, like, you, you really can literally can download in five minutes. Like, go immediately mm-hmm. down and, because it's all free. So, anyways, talk to you guys later. Right. Bye. Yes. See you guys next time. You're listening to Novel Bound, a podcast dedicated to making you laugh and keeping you company. Each week, we're sharing all of our favorite books and the embarrassing side of life. <laughs>